That Triathlon Show, episode 36. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to That Triathlon Show, the podcast presented by scientifictriathlon.com. As always, I'm your host, Michael. And on today's episode, as a continuation of last episode on warm-ups, we are naturally going to talk about cool-downs today. And are they really necessary? If so, why and how should you do them? Just a quick side note before that, you're very lucky to be hearing this episode because I just got back in from a brick workout where on the run I swallowed a fly and I was coughing like crazy and it felt like I would suffocate, but I made it back alive, if just, and you are hearing this episode, so all is good. Anyway, that's a bit of a light start to this episode because there is some technical stuff, but the takeaways are pretty clear and, and easy to understand. And actually, the question that I mentioned, should you do cooldowns, the answer is you can, but they're probably not that useful, actually. You would be better off prolonging the warm-up or the main set. So I had some idea of this when I started researching this topic to prepare for this episode, but I wasn't clear on to what extent the research really indicates that cooldowns or does not indicate that cooldowns are of much use at all. So so it was, uh, again, a case of me learning something new or learning more about it as I prepare for a podcast episode. So, so that was a pretty cool thing for me, and uh, this is definitely something that the, the athletes that I coach, if you listen to this, you will in the future see less and less cooldowns in your workouts because it's all about effective training and using the time that you have to train effectively and if cooldowns do not bring any much additional benefits then why do them so let's just skip them so in a nutshell cooldowns can improve the rate of removing uh, lactic acid and lactate from the bloodstream and that has been known to be true and that has been one of the main reasons that people suggest that you should do cooldown but what you should ask is lactic acid or lactate in the bloodstream after workout really a bad thing i mean is it detrimental for your performance in your next workout and the answer is probably not it hasn't really been shown that that it, removing lactic acid faster and fa- by faster i mean maybe 20 to 30 minutes faster than if you do no cooldown at all. So it's not a big difference. And, and lactic acid is dissipated from your bloodstream anyway, probably after an hour or so. I mean, the additional benefit hasn't been shown anywhere of removing that lactic acid quicker. There is one clear benefit that I want to mention right away, and it is that you reduce the risk of getting dizzy or even fainting after your workout. And this is the only benefit that has been clearly shown by research. And it's something that most uh, research scientists agree on and exercise scientists agree on. But again, in terms of performance and recovery, no clear benefits have been shown. And one great article on this topic is actually, it's not a a study, it's an an article from uh, New York Times with an interview with, among others, Dr. Hirofumi Tanaka from the University of Texas. And his conclusion is a good one, so I want to mention it in the introduction. He says that cooldown, the cooldown is an understudied topic. Everyone thinks it's an established fact, he added, so they don't study it. And yeah, that's where we are, basically. There is no evidence whatsoever, but there is some studies, of course, and the studies that are available don't tend to show that cooldowns are beneficial. So with that introduction done, let's dive into a few myths. It has been commonly 
known or quote unquote that cool downs prevent muscle soreness the following days and that is a myth warm-ups do more to prevent muscle soreness the following days than than cool downs muscle soreness is not again and and it has been believed that this is because of the lactate and lactic acid that r- remains in your bloodstream for a while after a hard workout but that is not correct muscle soreness is caused by uh, micro tears in the muscles so it's a mechanical stress essentially and those micro tears are what makes the muscles adapt and build themselves up again to become stronger and more resilient. Uh, lactic acid has nothing to do with muscle soreness. In fact, one example of this is a study where they, the researchers compared the muscle soreness during a 45-minute run in a group of runners. And the ones that had less muscle soreness, in fact, had higher concentrations of lactate and lactic acid in their bloodstream. And lactic acid flushing in general and dissipating that lactic acid or lactate, Just I use lactate and lactic acid. When you exercise, you produce lactate and lactate in turn turns into lactic acid and hydrogen. So so they are both, both present in the bloodstream, but lactate is used by the muscle cells for energy and, and lactic acid needs to be flushed away that but that's why i use lactate and lactic acid both are present and but it, and it used to be thought that flushing that lactic acid is that it's waste product that needs to be flushed away and dissipated and as i said there is no research to really indicate that that this is true yes there is research that indicates that the lactic acid is flushed faster when you do a cool down and actually i've reached out to some people and asking about this and i got some great graphs showing that the rate of lactic acid dissipation is greatly improved when you do an easy cool down like for example going at uh, 35 to 65 percent of your vo2 max intensity so very easy intensity but what i've been keeping searching for is any evidence that faster dissipation is of any benefit at all and there just isn't any evidence uh, and i found good articles explaining that the research isn't there. there it hasn't been shown and in addition to that one in runners there is also again mentioned in that new york times article which i will link to in the show notes uh, dr tanaka said that uh, there's another study in cyclists this is a bit bad the other studies that i mentioned i will link to in the show notes but this one i haven't been able to find just the reference from the new york times article but it's not a real reference with a link so i couldn't find that by searching on on different databases but anyway i do believe that it it must be true that such a study exists one a study of cyclists that concluded that because lactic acid is good it is better not to cool down after intense exercise and lactic acid was turned back into glycogen after exercise and glycogen is of course something that your muscles use for fuel so yeah, when the cyclist simply stopped, that lactic acid was turned into back into glycogen. But when they cooled down, that lactic acid was wasted, or it was it was dissipated. But that essentially was wasted because it didn't turn to glycogen. And one of the main points of recovery is to you know nutrition for recovery. The main point of that is to restore your glycogen levels. And if you can do that by just stopping and not cooling down, then that's that's a shortcut essentially to what you would do with nutrition for recovery. So that's pretty cool. As I said, I haven't been able to find that original study, but I will link to all the other studies and to this New York Times article so that you can check that out as well where this study is mentioned. And also I'll probably add uh, Dr. Tanaka to my hit list and maybe try to get him on the show. 
Anyway, uh, lactate clears within 60 minutes, as I said, anyway, from the bloodstream. So it's it's very hard to see that speeding it up by, by 20 minutes or, or something, which a cooldown can do, that it would really have a big impact. And it, it hasn't been shown. And I can't see, even though not too many studies have been done, I can't see that it can have too big a benefit when you just think about it from a big picture perspective and from a physiology perspective. I may be wrong, and, and obviously I would like to see more research, but at the moment no evidence supports that this lactic acid dissipation, faster lactic acid dissipation is uh, is of any benefit. And in more generally, for recovery, cooldowns have not been shown to aid recovery either. Uh, with one exception, there is actually one study, but that was a pretty extreme one. But I, of course, still should mention it to give both both sides of the arg- argument. So in this study, the subjects did two 30-minute time trials on the bike on the same day. And they compared different, I think it was five different versions of active and passive cooldown. So with passive cooldown, they used things like uh, compression garments and and the ice baths and that sort of things and active cooldowns they just had slightly different protocols and an active 20 minute cooldown just i think it was 35 percent of vo2 max so very easy intensity it was like now i now i remember sorry 80 watts which for these cyclists is a very low intensity very way into zone one it was an active 20 minute cooldown at 80 watts and that led to the best performance in the second time trial so that is the only supportive piece of evidence but then again two time trials in a day that's pretty extreme so uh, to be honest it's not enough to convince me that you should do cooldowns when you have all this other evidence that uh, does not support doing cooldowns then again this is important i should mention it right away there is no evidence that cooldowns are harmful or detrimental for performance or recovery so i don't think that you need to stop doing cooldowns but just know that if you do them it's maybe for just because you find that you feel good but it doesn't really do anything physiologically and one other point that is brought up uh, that is a myth is that cooldowns aid in relieving muscle tightness and there's no supporting evidence at all i didn't find any studies in endurance athletes but there are quite a few studies from soccer for example or football where i should say football because i've always said football i'm european but uh, maybe i'll listen to too many american podcasts well anyway they found that cooling down after football practice had no impact on the performance, flexibility, or muscle soreness the next day among professional soccer players. So from a couple of studies that in soccer players on the effect of cooldowns. So performance, flexibility, and muscle soreness were all included in the things that cooldowns did not positively affect. But then, as I mentioned, the one positive benefit of cooldowns, which is not performance or recovery related, is avoiding dizziness and potentially even fainting right after exercise. Especially if you're a high-level athlete, you're, you may be vulnerable to this because you have bigger veins in your extremities for blood to pull into, and your heart recovers very fast to its uh, lower resting state, or your heart rate, I should say. So... What happens or what can happen is that when somebody, when an athlete faints or collapses after really hard efforts, for example, when crossing the finish line in a race, if you stop so suddenly that the blood pools in the, in the extremities, like the legs, uh, the brain may become uh, deprived of oxygen for a moment. And this is called uh, postural hypotension. And it's the same mechanism that causes you to feel dizzy if you stand up too quickly when you have low blood pressure. And I'm sure that many of you have felt that. I know that I I have felt that at least, even if I haven't felt that dizziness after a hard race, as far as I can remember. 
But anyway, the way to prevent this is by cooling down, by exercising at a very low intensity for a few minutes after a hard effort or after sprint or maximal efforts. So that allows your circulatory system to slowly return to its resting state while maintaining proper blood pressure so that you avoid that pooling of blood into into your extremities and depriving your brain of oxygen. But again, this is most applicable for high-level athletes because of those bigger veins and, and heart rate recovering so fast to its low resting state and not pumping the, the blood back into into the circulate or to the heart and then to the brain. And it still remains in, in it can't be pumped back quickly enough from the extremities where it's concentrated during a hard workout. But then again... Most people don't just stand dead still after completing a workout. You maybe walk to the showers if you're in the pool or to the car if you've been doing a ride or a run. And just this simple act of walking for a couple of minutes is enough to, to reduce the risk of that dizziness and fainting. And if you're doing, for example, an indoor trainer workout, what you might do is just walk around while you're having your recovery nutrition right after getting off the bike or something like that. And, and that will be, be just enough for you to minimize the risk of this dizziness and fainting effect. Then again, some potential positive benefits of cooldowns that I want to bring up as well are based on an article that I read by Steve Magnus, who is the author of uh, co-author of Peak Performance. We had uh, the other co-author, Brad Stolberg, on in episode 28, and it's one of our most popular episodes. So I highly recommend you go and have a look at that. And Steve Magnus is a cross-country and uh, track coach at the University of Austin in Texas, and or is it Houston? I'm sorry, Steve, but in Texas anyway. And this article on his blog, The Science of Running, which is also a book that he's the author of, is called Rethinking the Cooldown. So he mentions a few potential benefits, although he also mentions that none of this has been proven by research, but he starts the article by mentioning these same things that, like, physiologically, there's no not any benefits that have been proven by research of the cooldowns, but there may be some adaptation benefits in terms of muscle adaptation and, and endurance adaptations. So, for example, he mentions practicing improved muscle recruitment. So when you're really tired after a workout, if you go for a 15-minute cooldown, let's say it's a run, you practice recruiting the muscles properly, and maybe you even recruit completely new muscles because you've used up your energy in those muscles that have been working hard during the workout, and, and you recruit new muscles that generally you don't recruit when you're cooling down, and that will improve those neuromuscular pathways, so maybe you can improve them better in the future. And that will cause positive adaptations, of course, and may actually be very beneficial. And it's a very good point. I agree with Steve. This is a potential benefit, although, as I said, it hasn't been proven in research yet. Another adaptation point that he mentions as a potential benefit is lactate utilization. And by this, as I said, lactate is used as energy by the cells in your muscles, your muscle fibers. And if you have a lot of lactate flooding your bloodstreams, then this adaptation that may be caused by this is that the muscles learn to use lactate more efficiently. And again, very plausible. No research to support it yet, but definitely a good point. And then finally, running efficiency. So maintaining good form when tired. And that is something that I definitely think that at least if you cool down with presence and really think about your technique, and this is especially for running, also for swimming, I would say, maybe for cycling to some extent. If you, if you are present and really think about your form and your efficiency, then uh, this is definitely something that can be a positive adaptation that you improve your ability to run efficiently or swim or cycle efficiently when you are really tired. 
So uh, Steve concludes that the cooldown might be a training effect more than a recovery enhancer. And definitely there is nothing to support that it's a recovery enhancer. So I agree with that. But again, Steve mentions, and I mention again, that there's no evidence to support it. These are just theories. But one final important point is that if a cooldown makes you feel much better than if you don't do a cooldown, then keep doing it because it's not going to be detrimental by any means. It's just that we are all most of us anyway age group triathletes we are very busy we want to train effectively and that's what i want to try to facilitate with this podcast with with the topics that that i bring up here to help you train more effectively and if you can reduce the time spent on working out by 10 minutes for every workout because you have been doing cooldowns that may not be necessary then over the course of a week if you do let's say maybe even 10 workouts and that's an hour and 40 minutes or you might add those to your main sets to get a more a bigger training effect instead of from the cooldowns. Because I still think that having that extra 10 minutes in the main set is going to do you more good than having it in the cooldown. So just to wrap up the conclusions for this episode, there's not much in favor of doing cooldowns in terms of evidence-based research. The only thing that has been proven is that it may it reduces the risk of being dizzy or fainting if you stop to a dead still. So try not to do that, uh, stop to a dead still, but walk around for a couple of minutes after you stop your workouts. And another conclusion is that I will, for almost all workouts, drastically reduce cooldown times for the athletes that I coach or remove cooldowns altogether. At most five minutes. Five minutes is, is the maximum problem that I will I will have from now on. And cooldowns may be beneficial, and this is purely speculation, but there are some uh, it, it's there are valid theories that definitely I think that may have something to them. They have legs. So they may be beneficial from a point of, of training adaptations. So in addition to those mentioned above, like running efficiency or training efficiency of form, essentially, and uh, improved form on uh, tired legs and lactate utilization and, and so on and so forth. One other thing is getting in more mileage, for example. That's, after all, something that is important to get in the time and the miles. And, and if you can do that in tired legs, then that's that's good. That's good. So if that's the purpose of the cooldown, then... It's perfectly fine, but if the purpose of the cooldown is to recover better and try to have a better performance in the next workout, I don't think it's going to work. You know, the research doesn't support it. And I'll include links to the research studies that I briefly mentioned on the show notes page and also to that New York Times article where, among others, uh, Dr. Tanaka was interviewed. And that was a great article that I highly recommend that you read. It's not a heavy read. It's a, a very well-written, easy-to-understand read. And of course, the show notes on that triathlonshow.com will be the same bullet points, conclusions, and uh, and summaries of, of these topics. So you should definitely go and check them out. I think that's about it for this episode. It's a shorter one, which is good. I think you can, even if you have a shorter commute, you can make it through this entire episode on that one. So if you have any feedback on the length of the episode, that's something that I'm very curious about. Let me know what you think. Send me an email to michael at scientifictriathlon.com. And tell me what you'd ideally like the length of this podcast to be. So I can try to make more of more podcasts of that length and, and take your wishes into consideration. And of course, any listener questions that you have, I would highly recommend that you send them to me, michael at scientifictriathlon.com, and I can answer them on the show or I can ask them from guests. We've had some quite a few good listener questions recently in our interview with Mary Beth Ellis. She answered a couple of listener questions and then with the topic request for training during pregnancy that we discussed with, with Jocelyn McCauley recently and some other topics as well. Time management is coming up in the next episode, actually, with Amy Farrell, who is an age group world champion, but lives a normal job, works as a PE teacher, 
in uh, the state of New York and, and how she manages time and finds balance between training and being a very good triathlete. And, but, but then again, not taking it too seriously and, and finding that great balance. So that's something that you have to look forward to in the next episode. Right. That's all I had. Of course, I always appreciate it if you subscribe to the podcast. And if you have been with me for a while, please, please, please go to iTunes and give me a rating and review because that helps me and helps the show in the search rankings. But above all, it helps me with my motivation for this podcast, because I know that if I get those ratings and reviews that I actually bring value and make a difference to to the people listening. So, so that's kind of my measuring stick that keeps me on track. All right, keep training smart and keep loving triathlon. Mm-hmm.